This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Happy Wednesday. Very excited you decided to join us over at Coach Unplugged. Hopefully you're all you guys are revving up for a season. It looks like we're not going to be starting until at least till the middle of January. But I'm super excited. Um, today I'm talking to Keith and Jason. They're an official and a coach from Alaska. Um, so this is going to be a two-part series, part one today and part two tomorrow. It's on my bucket list to get up there and visit. But I think you're going to really enjoy kind of their, you know, <laughs> you're going to find out how far they have to travel just to go to a game and, and some of the obstacles and some of the things that they have um, that they use kind of up in Alaska. So, but before we jump into that, I'd like to give a big shout out to our two sponsors. First of all, Dr. Dish. You should go buy one right now. Mention Coach Unplugged. They'll give you $350 off your next purchase. Also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. And one of my bucket lists is to, is to go up and talk to those two in Alaska, um, kind of spread the word about teachhoops.com. But what a great community. Come over and join us. Um, Give it a, a Christmas present for yourself. That's the way I would say it. Um, and like I said at the beginning, I'm going to have a lot of free time because I don't think we're uh, going to be starting until the middle of January. So come over and check us out. Resources, handouts, community, my personal email address, everything you'd possibly want to become a better basketball coach. So go check it out and let's head off to the podcast. All right. Welcome to Coach Unplugged. And like I've said in the last probably 10, I've, I've lost track of trying to count how many. Um but I'm super excited. This is this has been a work in progress. I know we've tried to do this at least one other time, Keith. Um, tried to connect and talk um, basketball, talk uh, officiating a little bit, talk Alaska basketball, which really intrigues me a lot. Um, it is also one of the two states in the con in the United States that I have not been to. Um, I've not been to Oregon, and I've not been to Alaska. I've been to every other state in the U.S. So. It is on my bucket list when the world gets back to normal. 
<laughs> and we're going to invite you out when the world gets back to normal. When the world gets back to normal, I'm coming. I'm bringing my wife. I'm leaving. My, my son just graduated, um, but he's sticking around a year. How about okay. that? He's taking a, He's not going. He's going to. He just graduated. He's going to take a gap year. Right. I don't want to go to sit and sit in a room and take college, Dad. It's like, okay, well, we'll figure something out. Get a job. You know, you can mow my lawn, something. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, so Keith, I'm going to have you introduce yourself, kind of tell your background a little bit, what you're doing now, all of that kind of stuff, and then we'll have we'll have Jason do it next. Go right ahead. All right. My name is uh, Keith Williams. I'm from Los Angeles, California. I've been in Alaska 24 years. Uh, came up in the, the service and, and had a daughter and decided to stay. Uh, got into coaching, you know, youth four-year-olds on base, the commander's daughter and, and just. It oh, how does that work? How does, <laughs> I bet she got a lot of playing time. Yeah, oh, I, absolutely. She did. <laughs> and she started, right. <laughs> got funding for the best uniforms. Just, it was just incredible. I had the best orange slices. It was, it was amazing. Oh, I bet it was really good. It's like, it's like, it's like coaching the four-star general. It's like, oh yeah, you're going to play <laughs> next. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love that. So from there, uh, daughter got old enough to play, started coaching her all the way through middle school and uh, wanted a group of girls to travel outside the state of Alaska to play in some sort of basketball competition and uh, created the team, the Alaska Vipers, even though we do not have any snakes. I'm sure that was one of your Alaska questions. We don't have any snakes in Alaska, but what a cool logo, right? So it I said, a, I got to run with it. I mean, someone should just full-time name all the AAU programs. Like, literally, they, they pop up like weeds. So, it's like everyone, you come up with a name, it's probably, yeah, that's awesome. I love that. So, from, from the Vipers, uh, one of the young ladies on my team, an eighth grader, she's 6'3", her name is Leah Dupree. She went to University of Denver and then transferred to Eastern Washington. Uh, her old high school is looking for a coach. She submitted my name. The contacts came in, and, and I became the Palmer High basketball coach in Palmer, Alaska, which is, I mean, it's it was, it's Matsu Valley, and Jason can explain this a little better when he introduces himself. And there's three schools in the Matsu Valley, and it's and literally my school is a mile away from Colony. Would you say that, Jason? Pro, uh, about about three or Colony. four. Yeah, and then Wasilla, which is on the west end of town, I guess, is probably about another five miles away. So six, first of all, I'm still stuck on the six, three. So that's like a six, nine, six, 10 boy. Like that's crazy tall girl. Well, I had a six, four, seventh. So she was an eighth grade. I had a six, four, seventh grader. She plays for university of North Dakota. Okay. Right now. So she was a, a six, four, uh, stretch four at that time. And I wanted to put her in the paint and she did not like being in the paint. So, well, all the big, was, all the bigs think they're guards anyway. That's just, the yeah. they, they all think they're guards. So that, that was, that was really, really, uh, a treat and, and started a program on the three tenets of scholarship character. And we want kids of character and kids that are not characters and community service, special Olympics, set up the heart run, uh, uh, Went to, uh, I wouldn't say old folks' homes. What's the correct term? But senior citizens. Senior home. citizens. Yeah, we, yeah. So we've done that and just, just kind of stuck to those three things of service, scholarship. And when I say scholarship, I mean scholastic. Like, are you a true student athlete? And uh, yeah, that kind of just ingrained and, and got together with the, the principal at Palmer High School and 
and now I'm I'm coaching at Palmer. How, how big? First of all, your daughter. Where'd your daughter go to school? Oh, so here. Yeah, so you talk she, about your daughter first. My daughter is probably five ten. Okay. And she ended up going to Kansas State University on a, I mean, an academic scholarship. Okay. So I had two girls. So starting five from that Viper team, one went to D2 track, one went D1 track at Liberty University, two played basketball D1, and then two got scholarships academically to Kansas State. They were, they were best friends. And Okay, so a couple questions. First of all, what is the most common school that kids go to? University of Anchorage? Where, where, where do most kids Basically go? Basically can answer that question. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it, it depends on what sport. Um, I would say that uh, both University of Alaska Fairbanks uh, and University of Alaska Anchorage are doing a, a pretty good job of recruiting locally uh, statewide. Right. Um, as far as football goes, we have an all Alaska or an all yeah all Alaska football camp in normal years uh, that happens in June, which is a pretty pretty big pipeline to some Division two, II, Division three. Um, NAI schools in the upper Midwest, so Minnesota, Wisconsin okay. area. Okay, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Valley City State probably gets a good chunk of football players from Alaska, Division Two wise. Um, we've had some kids go to UNLV, uh, University of Nevada, um, USC. Uh, you know, we we we've had we've had the the gamut. Uh, we've, we've currently got a couple of players playing Division One basketball. Uh, one at Texas and one at Montana State. Okay. Uh, we've had kids from go to or- University of Oregon and play. I, I, my so. question is, do kids do kids want to leave Alaska or do they are they willing to stay? I mean, how is that? Because here's what I've noticed. I've taught for 30 years in Madison, which is the capital of Wisconsin. Very great city. Gorgeous city if you ever can get a chance to see it. And, um, you know, it's got lakes and it's beautiful. Anyway, I would say probably 60% of our graduating class stays within two hours of it, 70, 70%. Um, I was just wondering, I, I think- you being so like you're in Alaska, and then there's Canada, and then there's the rest of us. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's like, do they, do they want to come down to the, you know, the continental? Do they want to stay up there? I mean, I, I, high school kids are unique in that way, I think. I would say historically, you know, people want to get out of, out of Alaska, right? They want to go, they want to see the the big world. And um, I, I think contrary to popular belief, sometimes it's the little fish or, or big fish, little sea uh, syndrome where you're a really, really good player in Alaska, but we're very limited with our resources. And so they, they work really hard to, you know, I'm, it's, it's D one or bust. And sometimes those that. scholarships don't, don't come. And they they won't satisfy themselves with an AI scholarship or a Division two scholarship. And like I said, I, I think with the success, especially on the women's side right now, that, that the University of Alaska Anchorage has been having, um, and the increased success of uh, the men's program as well, I think that they're doing a really good great job stuff. locally. Um, and like I said, Fair, Fairbanks is, is doing a good job too. Now we're running into some some budget crisis stuff and possibly um, shrinking the, the university of Alaska system. So it's one of those where it well, kind of goes year well, to year. You know, what's scary is when like, when like Harvard who has a $28 billion endowment cuts 11 sports, you get, you start worrying a little bit, you know, 
exactly. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. reading the article. It's like you, it's Stanford, and then I think it's University of Texas, and then it's like all the Ivies have all this. I mean, their endowments are like they buy a small country, and they're cutting sports. So that that tends to be that tends to be a little bit of a worry. How big? So so let's go back to how big is Palmer? How big is the high school? So my high school is only a little, little less than 700. So we have one of the, we have the smaller high school of the three high schools. Okay. And then how many, how many, do you have one state champion in each sport? Do you have two, you have three? How does that work in Alaska? There, there are four. We have four, um, for basketball, we have four divisions. Uh, 4A is our largest um, with, I believe, 22 schools. Okay. And then 3A, 4, 3A 2A, and 1A. And how small um, is one A? One A is your outlying village schools where you might they might have a boys team one year, but they might not have a boys team the next year. They also do get a, a waiver from the uh, Alaska School Activities Association to play eighth graders. And I Keith, I don't know if you remember this, but I think it was two years ago there was an eighth grader playing and was averaging 34, right. 35 points a game for one of these, the 1A schools. So I think that they cap at about 100 students, and I think there's 130 1A schools, but not all of them offer boys and or girls basketball in the same years. Right, because it's like, well, yeah, it's like small towns in northern Wisconsin, too. It's like um, – Exactly. So, yeah um, – is how is how is your state doing right now? I haven't followed Alaska as far as the pandemic. Uh, we're we're well, we're going full bore. Well, full bore as much as possible. Uh, the kids have to sign sign in every day. Okay. Uh, we have no limit on the number of kids that we can interact with, but we you know we still have to have the social distancing, distancing and stuff. I just didn't. Know. I think I, I mean I know Hawaii really. Uh, isolated themselves have, have you guys isolated people coming in and out there's a uh either a mandatory 14-day quarantine if you come in um if you don't want to take a test you can come in with a a negative test within 72 hours of landing in, in anchorage or any of the the okay. local airports or you can take the test at the airport and i think that there are seven communities that offer the testing right then they're at the airport and you get the results uh, it's varying. I actually returned from a from a little vacation, and, and I got my results in thirty hours. Okay. But I've heard some people some people you have to get a second test within ten to fourteen days. Yeah. And I've heard some people get their second test results before they even get their first test results back. That's crazy. <laughs> no, I, I that's okay. So that, that I just wondered if if that because I just I mean my phone just dinged and I looked over and it basically said California just called off all sports. The oh, they state, did. The state of California just called off all fall sports for high school. Yeah, wow. they, and they they announced earlier this morning. The CIF had announced uh, that they were pushing football to 2021. So I think they're going to start in March. Maybe. Yeah, March and basketball is going to start in March. So they're going to have a, a late. You know, their state championship will be near the end of the year, end of the school year. Yeah. So CIF said that. Yeah, and I think now, so now they're one of 22 one of 22 states now who have po either postponed or and or delayed fall sports for the start it's, of the uh, it, it, it's, what, it's it's the stats teacher in me it's called the, it's 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 you can see the dominoes just kind of falling um so steve that's yeah. funny you should say that because mccourt is a math teacher okay what do you teach so, uh eighth, eighth grade math pre-algebra algebra and geometry 
<laughs> I'm making for those of you that are listening, this is going to go on YouTube too. I'm making a, a cross sign. I, I, I taught, I taught, I student taught at a middle school. I walked out of the middle school. I dialed the phone. That's when there was like, I had dialed the phone yeah. to my parents and said, I'm not teaching middle school. <laughs> I can't uh, do this. I mean, so, so I'm a migrant. Okay. I'm a migrant edge instructor and my kids, my, my hiring kids are in Jason's class. So I'm typically in Jason's class probably 70% of the day. And Jason and I just go back and forth. It's comedy hours, Steve. It oh, is my God. You guys, I tell, I tell people, middle school teachers should, should be paid more than any human being on the face of the earth because the amount of energy in that building, you could, you could light up the United States with the amount of energy in a middle school. It, yeah, anyway. Yeah, and you, I don't know I, I, how you social distance, distance a middle schooler. It's, it's going to be hard. Um, our, our district is one of the districts just, uh, in this coming year who is going what they're calling full green, meaning we're going back all in, in our school, 600, 700 plus kids. Um, and I, and uh, Keith, his, the high school that he coaches at will you know, be the same way. Uh, masks are not required, but encouraged. You know, there's going to be some some safety precautions, CDC guidelines and stuff. But they're they're thinking that everything's going to be just a okay. And you know, you, you know as well as I do. I mean, kids just don't want to be not next to each other. No, I don't remember. Where, I don't remember where I read this article. It was either, I think it might have been the Washington Post or something. They basically said from from about 14 to about 22, their 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 brains are wired to take. To, to do take risks and do that. that mm -hmm. Our job is to teach them the proper way to channel that. <laughs> and it's like, there's no way, there's no way you're going to social distance like a 19 year old in college either. It's like, are you kidding me? There's no way. Like you give them a little freedom, they're going to run with it. Um, all right. So here's one of the questions I wrote down on my list is, so do you only play in your area? Cause Alaska is a big state and you, you're not driving to games on a yellow bus, are you? Oh, I mean, so, so I'll start. No, I'll let Jason go first, and then I'll, I'll come in behind Jason. Go ahead, Jason. Uh, so in, in Alaska, we often like to joke that um, to upset people in Texas, we would like to cut Alaska in half and make Texas the third largest state, just so you can visualize how large Alaska really is. Um, there, there are eight-hour bus trips. There are six-hour bus trips. There are... 15 minute bus trips, there are plane trips, there are ferry trips, um, pretty much any way that you can get to a game, uh, schools in Alaska get to those, those games. And how do they, I mean, are they little charter planes? How do they fly kids to, I mean, they, that, that just boggles my some mind. Are, yeah, some are uh, little 28 passenger uh, otters, some are uh, Davlin Dash 8s so that'll hold 40 or so. And some are actual seven seven thirty sevens that are seating two hundred passengers. So 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 Steve, I'm just, we'll, I'm, we'll, just trying to, I'm just trying to figure this out because, okay, so I'm in a metropolitan area. I'm in I'm two hours from Chicago. I'm an hour from Milwaukee. Two really big cities. I just know public education's under. I, I have problems getting a yellow bus to go fifteen minutes. <laughs> I mean, oh my gosh, where does the money come from? First of all, I mean. That can't be cheap. It, it, it isn't. We we fundraise. Uh, you know, we have booster clubs. Probably, probably some of the top booster clubs in the United States. 
and uh, we get money from from the school district. Uh, okay. We can't take everybody on the team, so that that's from a coaching aspect. That's pretty hard because I might get the email that says, "Hey, we've budget eight girls that go to." Well, eight through ten are basically kind of the same. So how do I tell nine and ten they can't go? And then you know they get to fill in some kind of way, and it's just it, it so it it just makes it harder for for coaching in Alaska as, uh, when I when it comes to that aspect. Uh, we're sleeping in classrooms on air mattresses and sleeping bags. We're taking cold showers wherever we can. We're eating as best we can. You know, we're paying in, in a, in a in a in a village, as Jason says, you're paying somewhere between fifteen to twenty dollars for a gallon of milk, twenty five dollars probably for a gallon of milk. A box of cereal, Jason's what probably fifteen dollars. Uh, probably eight to eight to ten. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna buy generic. Okay, so so my jaw just dropped because I'm in the dairy <laughs> I'm in the dairy state. I could probably drive five miles and find a cow and start milking it. And I'm in the, I'm in a town of three hundred thousand. Doesn't take that long to get to to the farmland outside. That's crazy. Yeah, that's like it's 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 like Hawaii. Like I've been to Hawaii and everything in Hawaii is because everything's got to be flown in. It's probably similar yeah. to you guys. Everything that's not um, or has to be transported from point A to point B. Um, so how so we'll big, how big are conferences? Well, mine is Wasilla colony Kodiak, which is its own Island. And that's, that's a, that's a flight. So you, you, each time you go, you play Kodiak, it's your praying, right? Cause you normally get in, but you, it's really, really hard to get out for whatever reason, uh, due to the weather. Right. And, especially and, and if you airport. lose, especially if you beat them, they might not let you leave. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, everybody. I hope you're enjoying this. Um, make sure you subscribe no matter where you listen to podcasts. Um, Spotify, Apple. We love those Apple podcasts. And we're doing really well on those Apple podcasts. Um, also, go over and check out teachubes.com for coaches who want to get better. We always ask our players to get better and work on their game. I, um, I'm, I'm challenging you to do the same thing right now and come and work on your game. Um, and then if you're looking for some more listening stuff, um, don't want to pay for Audible and want to listen, um, we also have High School Hoops that Jake and I put on once a week. And then we have Teacher Side Gig. Uh, the Villagers, when they play two games, they play – two games in the afternoon, they eat dinner, and then they play again in the evening because they're, they're transportation. So the villages get together, they'll cook everybody a meal in between both those games. So they're playing two games in, in one day, whereas I'll play a back-to-back on a Friday and then an early, depending if we can get a flight out on Sunday and then it costs extra to stay in a hotel, or do we play early and then we get the girls together and we try to fly out on Saturday because we don't want to play that extra night. So it's just, I mean, there's, there's a lot of things uh, in coaching in Alaska that. that it's are like unique. you're a college coach. You're, you're, co- you need, you need a, you need a graduate assistant to do all your travel stuff. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> and then sometimes the team mom and the, the AD don't see eye to eye on, the, the number of people that can go or who, how many we have in budget and, and this, that, and the other. So it's just, it's, yeah, I need, yeah, I need, but, that, but, but football can't do this. Ooh, go every, ahead. Jason. Every, every, every sport does. Um, the peninsula conference goes is about a seven, seven to 800 mile trip North to, from the northernmost school to the southernmost school. 
Uh, Barrow has a football team. They it, it was featured on uh, Football in America. They had a booster down in uh, somebody down in the lower 48 that did some fundraising, um, gave them some money, and they actually built a turf right on the peninsula. It's surrounded by water. They have people on polar bear watch during the games. Um, it's a very, very unique. It's a, it's a blue turf, like much like uh, Boise State. Right. And they will travel as far south, like I said, about 700. It's about an hour and a half flight to their southernmost game. Um, I'm, I'm still, I'm still stuck on the 800 miles because I can literally leave Madison, Wisconsin, and almost make it to New Hampshire in 800 miles. It's not; it's a little over a thousand, but that's a long so in, way. In, and that's, I think, that's the most unique thing about um, sports in Alaska is every trip is a travel trip. Now Anchorage, you know, you, you obviously have, like Keith said, um, in within a 12 mile radius, you've got Colony Wassila and Palmer who all play in the same conference, but to get to Kodiak, it's an hour bus ride to Anchorage and then hope and pray that you might get a flight out. And I, I have heard and also have been part of flights where you'll take that hour flight, you'll get off the ground, you'll circle Kodiak for 25, 30 minutes, hoping that the weather breaks. Then you got to fly the hour back to, to Anchorage and wait out in the airport. Um, it's, it's, it's and why, tough. why is the weather? So where's Kodiak? Why is, why is the weather so bad getting to Kodiak? So Kodiak is right in the northern part of the Gulf of Alaska, the southern part of, of Cook Inlet, and it just has a weather system that comes in from the Gulf. The, you know, if you've ever watched any of, uh, you know, any of the Bering Sea Gold, and yep. you've seen those shows um, where they just talk about the just the rough seas and that Bering Sea, the the wind and the weather patterns come out of the Aleutians, but they just funnel right back up into the into the inlet, and it has to cr- cross Kodiak. So it's either windy, rainy, or really, really nice. And how many people live in Kodiak? Um, I would conservatively say maybe 10,000 or so. And it's also a Coast Guard base. Um, so you've got a, a transit. Because okay. I was wondering, what, what is the, what is the, how do people make a living in Kodiak other than maybe fishing? F- fishing. Okay. Yeah. So most, most of the shipping, uh, most of the ships that you see on, on the Alaska based shows, um, I, what was it? Uh, Deadly, Deadliest Catch. Uh, many of those are st- are stationed out of Kodiak, some out okay. of the Homer area. Very, very similar weather patterns and such. Okay, but at and, least and you're they're not- also also known for their guided uh, grizzly bear hunting trips. Yeah. yeah, which which those guys make a lot of money to guide. Oh, I I, I bet you that's crazy. Um, I so what about the little what about the little villages? I, I mean. I would be more scared about the little puddle jumpers than the little, uh, I guess not. Maybe you could land in water if you have one of those kind of planes. Oh, there's um, still water in the winter. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. That's um, all ice for, the, for, for a village. Yeah, it's all ice. It is definitely all ice and snow. So oh, yeah. your, your travel may be to, say, from Anchorage, if you're going to go to Bethel or Dillingham or to Nome, the end of the Iditarod, uh, you're going to take a, a 737 jet. Uh, there and if you're going to any of the outlying villages say white mountain which is one of the iditarod stops um you may snow machine there you may take a dog sled there you might um you you might be able to to find a little a little plane and take the the 15 minute flight there but if you're going to do that it's you're probably only going to pack maybe three or four people in so you're going to have multiple flights going back to the fourth oh that's crazy 
Um, and then how, where's the state tournament held? Where's everything? Where's, where, where does the end of the season occur? Well, for, that, that's for, an Anchorage. It's an Anchorage. Yeah. Football, an basketball. Anchorage. And how many teams come in for that? Eight, eight on the three, a four, a side. And then two, a one, a maybe 16. It's, so it's, uh, eight boys, eight girls, 2A through 4A, and then the, the 1A schools, because there's, like I said, there's 120-some-odd teams, uh, they actually bring 16 teams in for both boys and girls. On Wednesday, they do the play-ins, so the eight winners from those games advance to the, what they call the championship bracket, and then the eight losers play a, essentially a, a consolation state tournament. Because the travel is such, such a, a spend uh, and it's such an expense that you don't want to come down and play two games and lose both games and have to travel back. It's just not cost effective. So at least they can travel them down on a Tuesday. They can get a game. They can get a day of practice in, walkthroughs, etc. Um, the playing games on Wednesday, and then they're guaranteed two more games. So they're at least playing through Friday. Okay. Um, is there a okay? So so I've gotten I've I've I think I've wrapped my head around how the games occur. <laughs> Where do the officials come from? I mean, I'm swear to God, I'm not, no. That's what I'm saying. It's like oh, so. No, I'm that, playing that, a little that's, a, that's a great question. Um, I it, mean, is it the is it is it the dad of the starting center that's officiating? Because I mean, depends, <laughs> depends on where you go. It might be it, it might be a teacher, a, a a a the JV coach, and a parent. Hey, hey, we're short. We're short an official. We need somebody who wants to come down and run tonight. Um. We do have a we do have certified officials in the state of Alaska. Um, we're pretty big on networking as far as we you know when you when you're living in the big city and I'll I'll work as many games in one week as some officials might work in an entire season. You know you in these smaller schools, the smaller villages, they may only have three home games, and so you right. so they're very very limited again with the travel and expenses and stuff. So it it becomes quite the, um, I, I, I guess for, la for lack of a better word, it, you, you have to be, become very um, ingenious on, on how you get your training and everything. But, you know, we've got officials that come from all over the state of Alaska to the state tournament. They try to get uh, the Alaska School Activities Association works really hard on trying to get representation from all around the state. Well, that's the, that's the kicker. That's how you get them hooked. You want to get them on the big stage and that's how you get them hooked. Exactly. It's like, but I'm thinking of Kodiak. If the, if it's ten thousand, there's only so many officials on a on a, on a city of ten thousand. There's only so many people that want to probably officiate. Um, but then when you get to the little ones, you're right. That's it, I just see that there's a problem with officials now finding officials now. That's like you know, with you have you have the benefit, you have the you have the hard enough to people aren't going into it all the all the space and now. You know, at least in our area, a lot of the officials are older. I'm not sure they're going to want to officiate if we have football season. Like, mm -hmm. I'm not sure they're going to want to be close to those guys. I don't, I mean, I don't know. Um, especially in the pandemic, I don't know if they'll want to do it. So that all of a sudden, if you lose more officials, you're going to, <laughs> we can't play the games if we don't have officials. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's definitely a national shortage and has been for several years and in multiple sports. Um, you know, and I'm just thinking about the big two between basketball and football. Um, and basketball, especially because there is so much more running that goes along with it and cardio. And, um, you do get, you do get an older population, just like with anything, you know, 
coaches get older as well and there's a time where they need to step down and you know, they, they try to pass the baton and um, unfortunately with the, the this younger generation we just don't there's just not the the desire to want to officiate we we try to do as officials in Alaska we try to do a good job of um, you know I, I've worked several of, of Keith's games and some of some of my my pregame speeches or pregame talks with some of the captains are hey this is your last game that you're going to play as a high school student right if you don't want to continue your basketball career or you you figure this is going to be the end come on and come on and fish it you know be able to give back something to the game that, that maybe has given you so much love uh as as a player now you can give something back as an official what we've done what we've done too is we've worked we've really tried to work the college because wisconsin's like a school of forty thousand. we've tried to get them involved in our youth program mm-hmm. you know paid them cash come do a couple games get them hooked onto the thing and then all of a sudden it's like oh maybe i want to move up from seventh grade boys basketball and um, so that, that has worked in some respects as far as trying to find young officials. We have had a hard time finding young female officials. Holy crud. Um, you know, just, there just aren't as many. I mean, I don't know more getting into coaching, which is good, but you just don't have that representation for the, on the, on the girl side. Um, at least I've noticed, uh, so that's, that tends to be a hard thing too. Um, Okay. So uh, anything else on that? I've got other questions I got to ask too, but um, that, that's, that's very intriguing to me. Uh, I don't know how you guys do it. To be honest with you. Um, so uh, let's talk about, let's talk about some of the stuff you sent me, um, Keith, about that cultural stuff. Is that stuff you're doing with your team? Is that what, some of that stuff with, you know, your effort and your attitudes and all of those kind of things that you're talking about? Yeah. We're, but that's, that's something that, um, before I got there, and correct me if I'm wrong, Jason, I think they the girls had three coaches in four years, was or something to that effect. So when I got there, my seniors who had had three coaches in four years looked at me like, you know, whatever, dude. Right. <laughs> and my juniors were almost kind of looking at me kind of sideways, like, you're not gonna be here next year anyway. So and so my sophomores and my freshmen really those are kind of, I wouldn't say they're my kids, but it was just a different, a different understanding and a different respect level between the girls that had so many coaches in the girl and, and, and those girls who I was their first coach. Does that make sense? It does. It does. I, I mean, I know when I took over my program, I was the only applicant. No one wanted it. They were, but it's, it's a cultural, I mean, I think it's so important. You, you got to build that culture to, to, you know, to turn things around, you have to change. It's a mental, it's the mental attitude. It has I mean, the shift. mindset and the yeah. mindset before that was, Hey, I'm a senior and I get to play. And some of the coaches, I don't think we're all in. And they were just kind of, I'm not going to say they were there just for a check, but they just, their coaching philosophy and their coaching style was totally different than mine. Right. And so when I'm now playing the best player or someone that brings value to the court as a sophomore or freshman, and I have juniors and seniors sitting, then yeah, it just created. And, there were, and if I could tell myself two years ago that I would definitely be more embrace those awkward conversations, those hard conversations. I'm telling you. I, so here's what I, I, I do from now on. I, you know, here's what I'll tell you something I do. I say, you want truth or you want harmony? Like when I talk to my kids, you want truth or you want harmony? And for an example, like truth would be, I'm going to tell you, you can't dribble with your left hand. Like that's right. truth. 
Harmony would be, you are the best dribbler in the world. You know, you are the best player ever. So every, almost every kid, when I say, do you want truth right now? Or do you want harmony? Do you want, you know, and they'll all, they always come back with truth. They do. Um, but I said, do you want, you want to have that courageous conversation with you right now? Um, and you run a talented, what I tell parents is you run a talented, gifted program for basketball players is what you do. It's like, and, you know, and, uh, I and wish I could uh, sing, you know. <laughs> in a small town like this or a small area, these girls have been playing since, what, Jason Kinneygarten? And, and, and so here's some of the, I shouldn't say that, uniqueness of it is that one set of parents coached them kindergarten through fourth grade. And for whatever reason, they, they butted heads and another set of parents came in and coached them. And it's like, well, hey, back in, back when those girls were in sixth grade, yep. was, was the best player. You know, it's just, so those kinds of things that you, you kind of run You, you know what I have found though, Keith, over time is, you know, first of all, you, you can't be rational with irrational people. And most parents are, when it comes to their kids are a little irrational. Okay. Um, we all are. I get it. I am too. Um, but the, the kids want honesty. Like the kids for the most part want honesty. Um, you know, they want to know where they stand. Parents, you know, sometimes don't always want that. Um, but you, having those courageous, have over communicating, I think is the key to most of, at least over my 30 years with, with parents and stuff is over communicating and solve most problems. Most it is. Yeah. And, and, and attacking those problems from day one. I mean, yes, like, you can't I'm avoid them. About, yeah. <laughs> I'm talking about playing time at the parent meeting. And before, after our first, after tryouts and we pick the teams, that first player meeting is going to be, hey, I have five, five positions at eight minutes a quarter, X amount of minutes, divide those up into the twin to 12 girls that we have. Right. Like everybody, there's, there's not enough equal minutes. And secondly, <laughs> this is not rec ball where I'm required to play everyone the same amount of time. I know. I know. That's where you kind of try to have the rational discussion. Like when I cut somebody and they don't think I should. So you honestly think that I'm going to spend five months of my year coaching in January in Wisconsin to, to, to not try to pick the best team that I, now we can agree or disagree. We can agree to disagree that maybe you would pick one team and I would pick another but I honestly think these are my best kids and these are the kids that are going to play. And, you know, like, really, you think I'm like, I'm sitting at home thinking about how you can get even with your daughter. Really? Like that's what I'm doing. Usually they can come around. What do you, for both of you, this question for both of you, what's the hardest part about your jobs, your coaching job, your officiating job, not your math job. Cause I know what's bad about that job. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, Jason, you go first. Um, I, I would say just, just letting coaches know that, you know, it, it's not us against you. It, you know, we're, we're here to, to help the game run smoothly. Um, you know, they're there to coach the game smoothly. We're there to officiate the game smoothly. Uh, prior, prior interactions are, you know, it often might be said that uh, coaches think that you hold a grudge. And I don't, I don't think that's, I don't think that's the case. I, I don't, I don't hold a grudge against any, any coach or any player or any team for, for that matter. Um, you know, I go out and I, I adjudicate the game as, as it's played. And, you know, you, you adjust as a, as a player. I remember as a player in high school, you adjust to the officiating as officials. We try to adjust to how the level of play is. Um, if you've got a really, really two not so skilled teams, you're, 
you know, a, a travel might be a little bit of a sliding of a foot or a slipping of a foot versus if you've got two really, really high skill, you know, we talk about AAU programs, right. You know, those are the players who are on the next, on the track to the next level. You, you're going to be very, very cut and dry as to what the rules are. Right. Right. No, I agree. What about you, Keith? Uh, just the, the change of the way it used to be to the way it is right now, as far as, as the program. Uh, and I think that we've come 180 as a, as a school for, for me, and we're, we're headed in the right direction. So for me, that, that, that was just the, the hardest part of, of just, yeah, dealing with, with the old and trying to bring in the new. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so for both of you again, um, what is the hardest skill for you to teach a young official and for you to teach your players? What's the hardest skill to teach? I'm, I'm going to let Keith go first on that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, okay, I got it. So our goal last year, and, and, and we've, we've become better, but our goal, I guess, and, and with our, my two things that we're focused on, is becoming physically and mentally tough. And I'm, and that's a skill set, right? Like It is a skill my set. Girls, my girls weren't used to physicalness and they weren't mentally engaged all the time or they kind of tapped out when things got hard. And that was kind of, my girls thought it was their right to play basketball instead of it being a privilege. And right. now we're changing that, that, that aspect of it. And when, and when you know that, it's an opportunity that that this could be your last time playing for whatever reason, then you play way better. And then another thing is the mindset of wanting to win as opposed to hating to lose. And you play totally different. And that's that's one of the things my friend told me, my college roommate, when he watched the games. He's like, your girls want to win, but they don't hate to lose yet. And right. once that mindset of them hating to lose – then it's like it, it, it's it's that second level of competitiveness like it's the reason we don't play monopoly or games in our house because we don't talk to each other for like three days afterwards right no right. one wants to lose like it's not nobody. that nobody wants to lose are you kidding me nothing we could flip a coin in this house and no one would talk to each other i could have some jacks with a, a red ball <laughs> and picking up threesies right. and my daughter would say hey you hit that jack and i'd be like no you gotta no. go i mean let's get a videotape so yeah, there's no my daughter, way. my my wife and my son have played more Uno in this pandemic, and they're Lego addicts. Like they taunt each other. It's like, oh my god, it's a game of Uno, people. Like seriously, <laughs> I know. All right, what about you, Jason? What's what's a hard thing to teach? That that intrigues me from an official standpoint. Um, I, I would say there there's well there's several things because I think uh, players and former coaches think they know the rules, but they don't really know the rules. Um, I, I often talk to our younger officials and, and I, one of the first things I tell them is I said, you, you and kind of like we talked about at the beginning of this, of this podcast is you have to learn to dialogue. You have to learn how to talk to coaches, but you have to use rule speak. You have to talk within the rule book. You can try to confuse them as much as you want to, because you might, you might think that you're right and they're wrong. And, uh, but you, you have to use rule speak. You have to use things so that when they go back in the rule book, they can say, oh, that's what they meant. And I think the other, the other side of that too is, and very closely attached to it is, you're not always right. 
You know, you yeah. you have you have an angle. The coach has an angle. You're going to see plays different ways. Um, your interpretation of the rules might be a little bit different. Uh, and just being able to have the dialogue of of you might not be right, but it's one of those things also that you can't go past a coach every every time up and down the court and say, yeah, coach, I missed that one. Coach, I missed right. that one. Yeah, I missed that one. That won't You're not work. You're not going to be officiating very many games that very work. long. That won't work. But the, so, but yeah, the good so ones can but the good ones can do that because they know they messed up and they're okay with it. Like I know my mess up coaching sometimes. It's like whatever. I'll tell my players I made a wrong call on that one. Um, you know, here's what here's one thing, and I don't know how Keith feels, but I just look for a consistent whistle too. Like mm-hmm. you know, what I mean, yeah. and it might change half to half. Now, right. do you guys do you guys have shot clock? everybody thanks for listening um if you'd like to support us go over and check out teachups.com for coaches who want to get better also subscribe and like we do appreciate those have a great day sports social podcast network it's time for today's lucky land horoscope with victoria cash life's gotten mundane so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to lucky land you know what they say your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandslots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.